0: How do we know when it's time to break up with our other half? Will having kids ruin both of our dreams? Why on earth can we not control that ugly jealousy that rears its head? When do you know if it's time to actually move in together or get the hell out? These are just a few of the no-holds-barred, no-freaking-BS conversations we'll be tackling on our new YouTube channel, Relationship Theory. Along with my hubby Tom Billy, we bring our 20 years of experience and discuss openly all of the obstacles that have smacked us in the gut on a daily freaking basis. There's always going to be issues, guys. We've had to deal with family pressure, financial struggles and a never-ending stream of obstacles. And just when you think one problem is solved and you're done, 10 others come and slap you in the face. And let me tell you, if you can't deal with the inevitable struggles that are going to come on with this relationship, there's no way you'll be able to stick together. Like most of our success, Tom and I, we've gotten where we are by making a lot of mistakes and then learning all along the way. And now through our relationship theory, we're starting to share with you what we've learned. Tom and I will tell you that if you want to stay together, you better open up or shut up. We'll also share how some secrets on how to keep the sexual spark alive and practicing tools to help you stop fighting because fighting may be inevitable, but these are the tools in order to help you stop. So guys, whether you're in a relationship or not, learn how to freaking level up on your game by subscribing to Relationship Theory at youtube.com forward slash Relationship Theory or click the link in the top of the episode description. So until next time, people be the hero of your own life. Peace out.
1: You don't trust that someone's never going to betray you. You just trust that you'll be able to handle it if they do, that you'll be able to walk away. That's a massive key to it. Stop worrying about whether you can trust someone else. Maybe you can't. We don't know that. Only time will tell if you can trust somebody else. That is a pointless waste of your energy to worry about. Worry only about yourself.
0: You don't know who you are without them, but you lose yourself when you're with them. You're sad when they're not near you, and yet they make you feel shitty about yourself when they are. Your heart wants them so badly, but your broken heart keeps begging you to stop. And just, just when you've convinced yourself that they're going to change, reality laughs back at you. You're in your own personal funhouse, and the joke's on you. Like the warped mirrors, you no longer recognize your reflection. You keep walking through the trapdoors of their manipulation. You are constantly stepping on the shaky ground of their cruel sarcasm. The fun house stopped being fun a very long time ago, but you've been in there so long now that you can no longer find the exit. But today, today the relationship ringmaster himself is here to help us identify the red flags and break down toxic behavior. What to look out for and how to navigate it if it does rear its ugly head. Whether you are single and looking for someone, single and healing from a past wound, or in a current relationship, lean in because this man is about to drop knowledge love bombs one of the most sought after dating and relationship experts in the world, a New York Times bestselling author, creator of the number one relationship advice YouTube channel with over 2.1 million subscribers and over 382 million channel views. My fellow homie from my motherland, the heart doctor himself, Matthew Hussey. Wow. So because I think there's different people in different situations, I want to start with, how do you spot potential red, red flags on someone that could potentially be toxic in a relationship? So let's say you're starting to date um, and you want to know the red flags so that you can identify them before you maybe then commit to them.
1: So I suppose there's almost a distinction to make between toxic behaviour and mismatches in investment because someone can be toxic. There could be red flags that tell you that someone is really going to be poisonous for your life. But then there could just be red flags that we are not on the same page.
0: Okay, It's not
1: that they're toxic, but our intentions are not the same. What we're willing to put into this isn't the same. So I think, I suppose one that could fall into both categories is where someone's words don't match their actions.
0: Can you give me an example? Well, you know, when you, you,
1: you know, when you go on a date with someone and uh, you know, they start professing things, their, their feelings for you, and you go, how could you feel this so quick? You know, like, this is, seems a lot, very quickly. You know, they're ready to write poetry for you after one date, they're, they're ready to, you know, they tell you, oh my God, I've never met anyone like you, you're so incredible, you're... After, if someone's saying all of those things after one date, that's a bit of a red flag to me because they don't really know you Mm. whatever they're saying has to in some part be to do with their projection of you what idea they have of you Mm. i feel the same way when someone comes into an interview with me and they're you know if they're trying to work for my company but the way they interview is like i will go to hell and back for you, and I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll do that, and I've just, I, I am so excited to work for your company, whatever, and I'm like, but you haven't even asked me any questions about my company. Like, I know that you're saying this from what you think from the outside, but you don't know what it's like working on the inside of my company yet, so you don't even know necessarily how much you'll enjoy it. And, and so I think that when someone is saying something that's not been earned yet, by the point in relationship you're at. That is something of a red flag. So I think there's red flags in terms of, is this person saying things that aren't earned by how much time we've actually spent together and how much we've actually got to know each other? Because if they are doing that, it's probably not based on me, it's based on an idea they have of me, or just a way they want to feel, a way they enjoy feeling. And maybe they've enjoyed feeling that way five times in the last year, and they're they're addicted to that rush, that feeling. Uh, uh, and of course, you know, a classic sort of, I don't like to say trait of a narcissist. I prefer narcissistic leaning trait, (laughs) because I think that narcissist is a word that's thrown around so Mm -hmm. casually these days. Like everyone's a narcissist. I think there's a, there's a narcissistic streak in all of us. You know, we're all, we've all got some self-indulgence that rears its head, and we spend most of our lives trying to, depart from that to be the best we can be, right? To try and be more giving or or be less focused on us all the time. I, I think we all have that, that streak in us, some more than others and some are, you know, we can say are genuinely diagnosable as narcissists, but we're, we're throwing it around way too casually.
0: Do you think then labelling things toxic is now becoming a thing just like narcissism where we're labelling things in order to be able to dismiss someone?
1: Well, okay, so so that is, there's something that hits on the crux of it in what you just said. Some people are genuinely exhibit toxic behavior. I think sometimes it's dangerous to say someone's a toxic person. They exhibit toxic behavior. And sometimes, like some of us exhibited toxic behavior in 2014 and not in 2015 because we were in a healthier place ourselves you know we've Mm. most of us have probably had toxic moments in our life that's not excusing someone who's going through that i'm not saying you should put up with someone who's going through a phase where their energy is toxic but you know i think there needs to be some separation between labeling someone a toxic Mm. person and saying the way they're behaving is toxic or the effect of their behavior is is toxic You could be with someone where every time you're vulnerable, every time you expose yourself, a weakness, a wound, something that's wrong, and you do it in the right way, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And I'm a big believer in the idea that we often scare people off, you know, we have our favorite weapon, when we're scared, when we're hurt, when we're wounded, we have our favorite weapon. Mm -hmm. Our favorite weapon could be passive aggression. Our favorite weapon could be the silent treatment. Our favorite weapon could be storming off. It could be attacking you. We all have our favorite weapon. And I think we often scare people off in relationships, not because of our wounds. We scare them off with our weapons. The problem is someone doesn't even see our wound because our weapon is so busy trying to like we're, Hide we're, the wound, we're right? Exactly, and really, what's happening is this wound is screaming for attention, right? I, I, I please heal me, give me attention, make me feel better. But we, we, like to get that attention in ways that feel safe to us. So the reason we get passive aggressive is because if I can, if I can get sarcastic, or if I can give you a little jab, if I can, then I get attention but I get it in a way that feels safe because my wall is mm-hmm. still up. The problem is it doesn't help me with my wound because it doesn't help you get closer to me, which might help heal me. It doesn't help you know me better. Mm-hmm. And you'll spend so much, so much time trying to defend from my weapon that you can't ever actually step in and help heal my wound. And so what I would say to flip that is when you, when you get good at being vulnerable with your wounds, and do it in a classy way. And doing it in a classy way is bringing it to someone in the right way. Mm. And it's also bringing it with the right frequency. Mm. Being vulnerable isn't me telling you the same insecurity 10 times a day. That's not (laughs) vulnerability, that's dumping. I'm making you responsible for, for my emotional state every time I feel it. That's not the same thing as vulnerability. Vulnerability is I'm insecure about this. I'm just making you aware. Ownership is the next 10 times I feel it today, I know you're already aware, so I don't need to tell you every time I feel it, that I, I have to do the work myself. That's where, that's where ownership comes in. So both ownership and vulnerability have to dance together. But when you feel wounded and you bring it up the right way, I would say toxicity is when being vulnerable, only when, when being vulnerable with a person hurts you more.
0: Mm-hmm instead of soothes you.
1: Yeah, when when it actually inflames and aggravates and makes things much worse, when you're made to feel embarrassed, judged, humiliated, less than, unworthy for the vulnerabilities that you try to bring to the table, then there's something that's broken about the way you relate to each other in the relationship. And that then can become extremely damaging. Um, where there's a difference in energy, where there's just a difference in effort, that's where people have to be very careful because that's where people start labeling they're a narcissist. Well, okay, I get... There's different when someone has truly misled you. You know, Mm -hmm. someone painted a picture of themselves as one person and then they turned out to be something completely different. That, by the way, can happen to any of us. And it has. If you've been dating long enough or been in business long enough, that's happened to you
0: somewhere. 100%.
1: So that's life. You know, people reveal who they are not through their words, but through situations. And you have to, in order to really see who someone is, you have to see them in in enough situations. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean distrusting something they say about themselves. Someone can tell you something about themselves and you go that I I take you at your word. Mm -hmm. But that's not the same as investing based on those words. You still allow someone to reveal themselves through their actions. But if you're finding that ah, I'm really noticing that my energy is in a different place to somebody else's. I seem to be giving more than they're willing to give. Instead of allowing that to keep going and going and going and going and going to the point where you become so bitter and resentful at it that when they finally leave or it finally truly breaks down, they're a narcissist or they're a Mm. terrible human being Instead, we have to catch catch it early enough because this is a major red flag, right? Oh, it seems to me we're in like month one or or we're in week four or we're in week eight or month three and I still just feel like I'm willing to give to this more than the other person is. At that point, you have to notice that there's a gap.
0: Do you think that that's a problem? Like, don't you think people should actually ask, am I willing to do this? Because sometimes some people may consciously say, yeah, I want this relationship so much that I want to give more than them, or do you think that that's, it will never work in that situation?
1: If you like, if you want it so much, you're willing to give more than them. Yeah. Well, here's where your feelings don't matter. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so, I I really, you know, like, I I remember doing an interview once (laughs) with someone that had a t-shirt that said, your feelings are valid. (laughs) And I just remember thinking, are they
0: <laughs> why explain like I get, that to me i
1: get the context that no, that's you're... used sometimes like sometimes if for example you're in a long-term relationship and your partner has an insecurity about something right now that security may be unfounded it may be irrational they may be jealous about something there's nothing
0: mm-hmm.
1: but in a sense their feelings are still valid the Rationale might not be valid. Ah, all right. The rationale might be complete nonsense. And we've all got there. I mean, the number of arguments I've caused in relationships where a day later, I'm like, what was that? What did I do? And I I really think one of the big mistakes in relationships is assuming bad intention where it can be adequately explained by ignorance or <laughs> just someone not thinking, you know, but we go to the worst possible motive. You you were trying to screw me over. You were trying, like, you didn't care about me at all. Why do you... we
0: jump to that?
1: We're immediately rushing to confirm our worst suspicion, which is that we are a wretched piece of shit mm. that isn't lovable. <laughs> so, is that
0: is that like out of like defence, kind of like protect your heart, so just assume I, the worst, so you don't. I so when it like, happens, you're not disappointed.
1: Perhaps, or perhaps it's just catastrophic thinking. Like you, you mm. do something that that inflames uh, uh, my deepest fear, or can be connected to my deepest fear. And we're amazing storytellers mm. as human beings, so we're very good at drawing these connections between things. We look for narrative. This fits my narrative that I'm not good enough for you. This fits my narrative that that people can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. That if you're out, if you're if I'm not in sight, you'll try to get away with murder. This fits, you know, if we have a narrative, we we will find these grains of these these tiny granular actions that we can connect to that narrative. Because it's 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 that immediate, I'm confirming my worst fear. Mm-hmm. I'm this is Look, see, evidence. It doesn't mean the thought is valid, but the feeling can be valid, right? So in that context, I believe feelings are valid. If you go into a relationship thinking my partner's feelings aren't valid, you're in trouble, (laughs) right? But the reason when I see that T-shirt and it's like, your feelings are valid, I cringe a bit. It's because I think of all the situations in which your feelings are incredibly dangerous. And one of them is in the situation of really liking someone or loving someone and using that as your justification for continuing to invest and invest and invest and invest to make it work long beyond the point where the evidence suggests that's a good idea for your mental health for your time, for your energy, for your other relationships, which suffer because this is poisoning you and you're miserable and you're giving your worst energy to everyone else in your life who can see that you're breaking down. But your singular mission right now is to get this person to love you back. And you, Lisa, I have heard this argument over and over and over again. Someone is going through a breakup and the other person has told them it's not it's not, they don't want to make it work. The other person's told them, oh, I just, you know, the classic is, I really love you. You're the love of my life. But if there's a but, why tell me the first sentence? The first sentence is irrelevant if there's a but coming.
0: It's because shit sandwich, isn't it? It is, but it's. this is
1: for you. This is so you can feel like the hero on the way out. But... When someone is exiting a relationship, when someone is saying they can't be with you, you have to be really honest with yourself and say, "Is okay, they're telling me that they can't be with me because whatever reason, but they're telling me how much they love me and how they truly want to be with me, but they, they, I'm the love of their life. But you have to ask yourself, if I was them, and I loved me the way they say they do, what would I be doing right now? Mm -hmm. What sacrifice would I be willing to make? What compromise would I be willing to make? And if they're not making that, then you have to say they either don't love me as much as they're saying they do, or we have completely different standards for how much we're willing to fight for each other. Either one is bad. Either one doesn't speak to a situation where you should continue... Investing. But what people will do is they'll come to me and they'll say, but Matthew, I'll say, why do you keep texting them back? You broke up. They keep reaching out. Okay. Why is this relevant information? Are they reaching out saying I made a giant mistake and I'm ready to invest on the level that you want me to? No, I mean, they're saying that they really miss me and that they really love me and that they're really sad. Okay, so zero information. Tell me what information that represents. Tell me what advancement that represents. Tell me what progress that represents. Other than just this phatic speech that's designed to elicit emotion without any form of progress. That is either because they're just deeply sad and they're too selfish to realize in this moment that this is hurting you to reach out this way and it's only good for them because they can still get their validation or that they want to check that you're still there. Are you still there? And I mean, saying, so I really miss you, are you still there? Tell me, tell me firstly how that's loving towards you when they reach out to you. The problem is we get this message from this person and we go, oh, they're still thinking of me. Right,
0: it gives you the chemical rush that makes you feel good about yourself.
1: Lisa, it's like home. It's like home just came back. That's what it feels like. You, you're out in the wilderness, you're in the abyss again of being single, of the horrible wild west of dating that you didn't want to go back to, of wondering when you'll meet someone that you have such a strong connection with again. And then in all of this darkness, home reaches out in the form of this blue light emanating from your phone and a set of letters that happen to form a name that you have been (laughs) conditioned to, to feel something when you see it on a Pavlovian level. You see that name on your phone and you can't help it. You're, it's anchoring at that point. You've, your emotions are anchored to that name. But tell me how you reaching back out to him is a loving act. I don't get it. I, I, it's the, it, it you know, it's, it's out of love. I, I, I wanna, you know, what someone said to me recently, but Matthew, I always wanna lead with love. And he said, so let's break that down. If that's truly your ethos, if that's your philosophy, let's break that down. Is reaching out to him, if if either reaching out to him or replying to him, is that leading with love? Hmm. Your job first and foremost is to take care of you. That's your number one job in the world, is to take care of yourself, to look after yourself. No one, no one is going to be responsible for that job to nearly the extent that you are in your lifetime. You are the only person who has always been there for you. You're the only person who has woken up with you every morning of your life and gone to bed with you every night on the hardest nights in your life, in the most difficult moments in your life. Every time you were in your bedroom crying over something, every time you thought your world was ending, You are the only person that has been there every second Mm. of every day for your entire life. Your job, your job, not because you're so special, but because it's your job is to look after yourself. And when someone is going Mm. through a heartbreak and a guy or a woman keeps texting you, and you keep responding out of this misguided sense of love, mm. you are deeply wounding every time the one person you're supposed to show more love to than anybody, the one person that you have custody over, that you, mm. your job in your life is to take care of, you're, you're wounding that person over and over again. And people do that in the name of love, all the time they are masochists to themselves in the name of love i but i love them and it it has to stop and those feelings don't matter i really believe your feelings about Mm. someone if that person can't deliver Mm -hmm. if they can't give you what you need if they can't show up for you your feelings towards them are irrelevant
0: Is that why you think people find it very difficult to forgive because they can't get over the fact that they've betrayed themselves?
1: Why do I think people find it hard to forgive? I, well, I think someone we still want in our lives. We have to learn to forgive on some level. I think that it's hard to forgive when we feel so, well, A, so angry, but B, so so wronged Mm. if i forgive this it's almost it's saying i've moved on from it Mm. and because i emotionally haven't moved on from it i feel like there would be something inauthentic about my forgiveness i'd be saying i forgive you but it wouldn't it would be hollow
0: so true um god i love everything you're saying dude and if someone is, I really hope people are listening to your advice. It's so freaking powerful. It really does allow them to take ownership of their own life. Um, so let's say everyone's listening to you. They get it. They've left the relationship. Oh my God, yes, it was toxic. It, I was letting myself down. I need to build my confidence. How do you, because this is what happens, and I'm sure you hear a lot of this. People bring their past into the present. They cannot let go of the toxicity from the past relationship, mm. from the hurt of the last relationship. And... You said it earlier, right? Confirmation bias. So then go into the next relationship and it was like, oh, because let's say their ex did it. Yeah. Oh, he did that. It must mean this is a toxic relationship and they bail. Like they yeah. don't give it the investment that any relationship may need because they've already written it off.
1: Yes, there are, so what we're talking about here in a sense is, is a form of trust. Yeah. How do you trust the next time round that it will be different? I think that we focus on the wrong thing there. Mm. I think that we focus on, and, and actually I think a lot of advice that's given gets people to focus on the wrong thing. Because a lot of people say, you have to trust, you know, this is a different person, this is a different situation, you have to go in trusting. And it's it's like it might be a different person might be the same person all over again. I mean, you don't know. The point is you don't know and you can't know. You can't know how someone might disrespect you, cheat on you, lie to you, you betray you. You can't know. And if you can't know, reassuring someone that this, you can trust them. It's gonna be okay. It's pointless. Why reassure them something that you and them can't possibly know? Mm -hmm. So rather than try and control this thing that's uncontrollable, that's kind of just a dead end, it's a loop that you have to go on of reassurance, freaking out again, reassurance, freaking out again. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of other ways of looking at it. You don't have to trust someone else if you trust yourself, that's the first thing. And by trust yourself, I mean, if. A lot of people are afraid that they're gonna get into another relationship, that they're gonna get close to someone, that that person's gonna hurt them, but their experience has shown them in the past that when someone hurt them like that, they didn't necessarily have the strength to walk away. They didn't necessarily have the strength to rebuild themselves afterwards. You know, I had a woman come to me and she said, "I, I, I, you know, she had children from a previous marriage and her husband cheated on her and, She said, I find it difficult to trust in the next thing. I said, but you can trust yourself far more this time. Because she said, I I was in that marriage 20 years and I I knew seven years ago that there were problems that this person was unfaithful. And I stayed in it year after year and it scared me off of trusting someone. I said, but you eventually left, right? You're not who you were seven years ago where you found out and then stayed for seven years. You're who you are today who actually had the strength to leave. And understanding that is the key to self-trust. We've learned how to deal with certain situations. We've learned how to walk away faster. We've learned how to spot red flags in a way that our 21-year-old self was far too naive to or ignored. We know what to pay attention to these days. So it's not like we have to go around playing detective next time or worrying, are they going to cheat? Or are they going to do that? Well, they might just... Make peace with it. In, in California, there might be an earthquake. Mm-hmm. You and I aren't sitting here like this just in case there's an earthquake, are we? Like, at any point this could happen. Yeah. No, you, you know, you have get your procedure. Your like if there's an earthquake, we're gonna stand in a certain part of the house that's the safest and, and now get on with life. You, you don't trust that someone's never gonna betray you. You just trust that you'll be able to handle it if they do, that you'll be able to walk away. That's a massive key to it. Stop worrying about whether you can trust someone else. Maybe you can't. We don't know that. Only time will tell if you can trust somebody else. That is a pointless waste of your energy to worry about. Worry only about yourself. So that's the first argument for trusting is that just trust you. Don't trust them. Trust you. I can walk away if I need to.
0: If you have big beautiful, incredible, audacious dreams for your online business, but you actually lack the confidence in your ability to then actually make it happen, then I promise you, my homie, and I say this with all the love and compassion in my heart, your company will never get where you want it to go i've been there guys in growing quest i had to face myself every day i didn't know what i was doing and i really wish that i had shopify at the time because when you choose to grow your business with shopify you have everything you need to make your dreams a reality now shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you at every stage of your business from launching your business to hitting a million dollars Shopify has got you completely covered and with their incredible magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout you literally have everything you need to make all of your amazing businesses dreams a reality and that's exactly why I adore and love Shopify if you're serious about growing your freaking badass business and and you want to build your confidence and have faith, then Shopify is here for you. So go over right now and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase, guys. Again, that is go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. One more time, that's shopify.com slash Lisa. You won't regret it. Um, There's
1: also... The standards argument for trust, which is that I'm going to trust and, and, you know, what happens when we don't trust is we suffocate people, we get overly jealous, we get controlling, we start playing detective in their life in a way that invades their privacy, steps over their boundaries. We start doing things that are unfair to the other person mm-hmm. and we start damaging the relationship for a fear that hasn't necessarily even come true yet. Now the relationship is getting damaged, not because, of tri- not because of what they're doing, but because of the way we're now violating the integrity of the relationship. So you have to have a standard that says, I'm going to play my part in creating a beautiful relationship. I'm going to give this person space enough to hang themselves. Enough to betray me. I have to. That's what a great relationship is. I have to give you enough space where you can betray me, where you can do something wrong. It can't be that you only don't betray me because I'm monitoring you the <laughs> yeah, whole time. Right?
0: Yeah, the threat of it. <laughs>
1: right? That's not... Now, I don't know what I have if the, if, if the conditions for you not betraying me are that you're under surveillance. Mm-hmm. I only know what I have if I give you complete freedom to do it and you don't. Mm-hmm. So my standard has to be, I'm going to trust not because you're never going to betray me. And I know that for sure. I'm going to trust because that's my standard for the kind of relationship I want to be in.
0: God, I love that. And when you said like looking through the microscope and making, you know, checking everything out, if you've had a bad a, um, a bad relationship and they've done something wrong and you want to learn from it, right? You're like, okay, what will I do different Let, next time? You've learned all these lessons. You bring the lessons to your next relationship. And let's say your next relationship where they do one little thing that is similar to that, I think people, some people who have their defences up, are like, "Oh my God, there it is! I knew that I found it," and they'll bounce. Versus going, "What does this mean about them? Is this a reflection? I need to pay attention, mm. right? Don't ignore it. That would be a mistake." But go instead of jump into conclusions, let me like play it by ear, or let me see if that actually does come into fruition. Would you like suggest kind of testing a bit like that?
1: I think that. Um you have to come to them from a compassionate place as a teammate. Because that, again, that has to be your standard. I'm gonna come with a sense of teamwork and compassion that says, I'm not immediately gonna attribute, even if my fears are screaming mm. at me too, I'm not immediately gonna attribute the worst possible intention to this. Instead, I'm gonna get curious about what was behind this, when you did it, here's how it made me feel like here's it it has upset me. And you know, rightly or wrongly, that's because it made me feel like you didn't care or you mm-hmm. weren't thinking mm-hmm. of me. And if we can do that without immediately labeling, without immediately accusing, if we can create just a little bit of space between the point at which we get curious and the point at which we've drawn all of our conclusions. Mm. That space saves relationships and the conclusions are natural. If we've been screwed over, if the last time we saw this behavior, it was followed by realizing someone was cheating on you, then it's natural to see a little bit of it and immediately go to the same place. Mm. But I've, I mean, in in all sorts of different ways. I've been made a fool of there, where I saw someone in one relationship do something that looked like something someone did before, which usually was, you know, followed by some horrible pain. Mm. And I immediately jumped to this feeling and then, you know, made a conclusion. Our brains are... We have a supercomputer, but that's also dangerous because the number of calculations and deductions that can get made in mere seconds that can take us from someone didn't text me back th- to 3 hours to they're having an affair.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's that's really where I think it ends up being, you know, detrimental to your future relationship. Because, I mean, there's so many different elements here, right? There's how to not get in a toxic relationship. Then, then if you are, how to get out of it and respect yourself. And then how to not then bring it into the future relationships. Um, and then, like you said, you can get there so fast. And it really can be detrimental to the potential that this relationship could have.
1: And that, that is, see, everyone fights for a relationship based on potential. hmm
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Based on what they think it could be, even that person that you know, but I but I love them. Mm. What they're fighting for is their vision of what the relationship could be, right, or should be, or should be. They think, but in their mind, it's still yeah, like it. But we love each other so much. This this should be the most amazing thing ever. Well, let's look at what it is. Mm -hmm. In the early stages of dating, it's actually very important that. We miss crucial opportunities to see what the relationship is if we lunge in Mm -hmm. with attacks and accusations instead of letting someone know what we're feeling and asking them kind but honest questions. We don't really see what's going on because they feel attacked, their their defenses go up. What we really need to do is say, I'm gonna learn more about this person's intentions either because I don't feel they're trying hard enough or as much as me, or because they just did something that I don't feel was very nice. I'm gonna learn more about what's behind it. And that is gonna provide me with information. Acknowledge that there's a gap. There's a gap between where I want things to be and where they are. Highlight the gap in in a classy and tactful way. Look at whether this person acknowledges the gap because it's usually the sign of a toxic relationship if the gap can't even be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? I'm trying just as much as you. And if you're like, you're really not. Like, I'm clearly making many more sacrifices than you are, Doing think of you way more than you think of me, do more than you do for me. Like, if you know there really is a gap and it is not being acknowledged at all, that there is no sense of someone being able to look at themselves honestly and go, Okay, you're right. If they try and make you crazy, that's a form of of toxic behavior. But can they acknowledge the gap? That's the first step. Now that's a positive sign if they can. Mm. You can work with that, right? Ah, this is actually a sign of a healthy relationship. I've brought something up. They didn't make me feel stupid for bringing it up and being vulnerable and revealing a wound. But that alone isn't enough. Because someone could say, I get it, you're right, I'm gonna do better. And then a month from now, nothing's changed. Yeah. And that's where you have to say, it's one thing that someone is acknowledging the gap, but acknowledging and being able to deliver are two very different things. And the fourth step is noticing whether the gap's being reduced.
0: i got a question for you. Is that exactly the same analysis that you would do if you're the toxic one in the relationship. Like I can see where a lot of people blame other people. Mm. It's hard to see when you're the problem. So I think it's important to acknowledge or ask yourself the question with no blame, no judgment. I'm always about results, not about feeling badly about it. Um, But if you're actually asking yourself, what if I'm the toxic one? Would you still break it down like that?
1: Well, I think one of the hardest things in the world is, is self awareness. Yeah. And I think self awareness about where am I, where is what I'm asking for reasonable and where am I being
0: but unreasonable? Got, oh, dude, I'm going to push you on that because no one says I'm being unreasonable. People don't actually think that about themselves. Or do you think
1: that? No. Well, I, I try to really look at certain situations because I'm a very. To a, to a fault probably, self-reflective person. Mm-hmm. I overthink, that's my problem. I, I, you know, I'll say something in a conversation and then I go away and I go, should I have said that? Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I kind of overstepped the mark there mm-hmm. and I start, you know, like I can obsess if I'm not careful. So I've had to like, I have to really mind my own obsessive qualities. Mm-hmm. What makes me very good at my job? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Is also my worst enemy. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say,
0: what is your superpower is also your kryptonite. For
1: sure. Because I'm good at seeing 10 steps, 20 steps ahead. Mm. That's that's like my gift. But I when I try to be very aware of when I'm doing something, am I am I being is this me asking too much or is this me doing something? Is me, am I asking for something unreasonable here or is this reasonable? And I think a lot of people go through that in relationships, especially when they're with someone who's saying, you know, because a lot of people's initial defense is what you're asking for is, is unreasonable Mm. or what you, I didn't do that. Like we, we all do it at times. We get defensive and our first port of call is to try and make the other person seem like they're overreacting Mm -hmm. or it's very difficult, especially when someone's making us feel like we're overreacting, to get impartial and to say, where is the line between me asking too much and me asking for the right amount? Right. And, and sometimes I think people don't realize they're toxic because they're so convinced of their story.
0: Right, that's what I was going to say. It's more like a frame of reference, right? So it's like my frame of reference is going to be very different from Tom's. It's going to be very different from yours, right? We just have different upbringings and we've been told different things and we've encountered different things. We went to different schools, like all these things that encounter our, you know, build up and and create our belief system, then comes (laughs) to the, well, how do you know who is being reasonable and who's not? Because my frame of reference is I'm very reasonable. Yeah, of course. And Tom's frame of reference may be you're being so freaking unreasonable um so I how do you
1: I I to keep a record not just of the times I was right but I do try to keep a record of the times where I was so wrong mm-hmm. you know where was I so utterly convinced of a thing mm-hmm. and then I came to someone and I was like you know oh what so blah you didn't text me back because of this reason they, and they're like yeah but I didn't even my phone wasn't even on or mm-hmm. I didn't even <laughs> and I'm like Okay, like well, you have that moment of that, that realization where you go, oh man, what just happened in mm. my mind? Mm. Like, where did I just go? I think, I think it's important, not, not in a way of all, never, never trusting yourself, but just in the sense of being aware of how wrong you can be. And therefore, at the very least, mm-hmm. having allowed that to make the space for you to at least go into a situation curious mm. about what their intentions were, about what may the way be a way that you're not bringing it up in the right way, or you know, rushing too quickly to accusations or conclusions. At least allow your knowledge of how wrong you've been in the past mm. to create the space for you to be curious instead of rushing mm. to the end of the story already. And then be honest with are, is this person, I'm I'm being honest about ways that I wanna bring my best to this and I wanna be clear headed and I wanna give them the benefit of the doubt, but are they being a teammate in that? Mm. Or is everything, are all the concessions on my side? Is all the work somehow always about what I need to do? Is it never a joint effort? And I think sometimes that that's a giveaway that, you know, we've convinced ourselves we're the problem all the time, but. You know we're not we're not getting uh, well, they're not making life easy for us, but when we're the toxic one, mm. we're convinced that everything they've done is wrong, and that we're justified in however we're acting. Yeah. And look, I and and my point is that sometimes we're in the wrong somehow. Like we need to address certain issues, but at the same time, life's not black and white. Sometimes you have your issues, but they're also not. they are feeding your anxiety in a certain way, or they are contributing in a certain way, or they're not being empathetic to certain things that you're feeling, or they're, you know, sometimes it's like if you take attachment styles, right? People talk about the, you know, there's the book Attached that goes through anxious, secure, and um, avoidant. The anxious attachment style uh, you know, typically we're worried about the end of the relationship being abandoned. Someone doesn't love us. We need reassurance. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're with someone that inflames your anxieties all the time, that can be a problem. It doesn't mean you're not anxious and that you being anxious isn't a problem. It just means that you're also with someone who sends you to the extreme when it comes to those things. So I do. I think we have to be mindful of whether we're with someone that in a way that's not healthy, inflames the worst parts of us. Because I do think the right relationship has a somewhat calming effect on those things.
0: That was so perfect. You're so right. Like it's not black and white. Like even in everything we're saying, there's so much nuance to everything. Yep. And I actually really liked you saying like, yes, if, even if we are the one that's toxic, we, you know, if we acknowledge it and then try to change it, but also see, is the other person inflaming it? That was just amazing. Um, I'm so aware of that in my relationship that... I have issues just like anyone else. And so I have insecurities and I know that with Tom's personality, he wants to like fix things. So if I'm insecure about something, he's trying to fix it. It ends up inflaming my insecurity on it because I feel like, well, I can fix it myself. And Mm -hmm. he's trying to jump in and it becomes like this whole thing. And he's like, I'm just trying to help. and I'm like, I feel like you're telling me what to do. And it becomes this whole thing. And so we're just very honest with each other. And so now now it's just like, babe, my assumption is X, Y, and Z. Mm. Or it's, I'm feeling extremely insecure right now. I know you think I'm nuts. Like, I'll even say that to him. I know you think I'm nuts right now, but I, I, the fact is I'm actually feeling very sensitive and insecure. So what I need from you is, and I literally tell him what I need. I'm like, I need you to hug me. I need you to not try and fix it. Because I know this is a me problem. This is not a you mm, problem. Mm. And if I, my natural inclination, my natural emotions will go to annoyance, frustration, and I harden. I don't go soft. I harden. And when I harden, it becomes even more confusing. Because that's your weapon. Because that's my weapon. Oh, yeah. Right. It's my weapon.
1: But that's really interesting because that it's it's an evolution of what I'm saying because it's, if you look at the weapons versus wounds concept, mm. right? That Our weapons destroy relationships. Our wounds have the power to, strengthen our relationships what yeah. you're really doing there is exposing a wound mm-hmm. and and being brave enough to like expose it but also showing him how to treat it yeah you're like yeah. spelling out yeah. here's my wound and here's exactly how you can treat it and that's really powerful because now i'm 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 going one step further than being vulnerable i'm also showing you what you might be able to do to come to my aid right now. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that's not something someone can even start to do. If you go up to them cold and hard, <laughs> that's not something, someone can't even access that part of themselves because especially if, if they're ever given to questioning themselves or, or they, they go, well, what have I done? I've done something wrong. Why are you mad at me right now? Or mm-hmm. why, you know, why am I not enough to make you happy right now? Well, you know, now all of a sudden you're into a whole other thing.
0: Oh yes. Matt, you know, I could talk to you for hours. Where can people find you all your incredible content that you do and everything that you're up to in your courses and all of that good stuff?
1: Uh, I think there's something that will help people a lot. I have a free training that is, if people go to getcoreconfidence.com, there's literally a free video training where I walk people through what Core confidence is, and I believe core confidence is the thing that no matter what goes wrong in our lives, no matter what relationship falls apart, no matter what business doesn't work out, mm. if you have core confidence, it's it's the form of invincibility. You know you'll always be okay.
0: Amazing. And where can they follow you?
1: They can find me online. <laughs> I'm uh, um, the Matthew Hussey on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok. I'm on YouTube, I'm on Clubhouse now.
0: Ah, oh, we're gonna do Clubhouse together.
1: Let's do a Clubhouse. Amazing. I would like that. So I'm, I'm, you can Everywhere. find me in places where you can find all people. <laughs>
0: Guys, guys, we'll put all the links down in the um, description below so you can check it out. I so adore this man. I have so much (laughs) fun with him. So please, please drop in the comments what was the one piece of advice that you guys thought was freaking fire from what he said. And guys, if you're not following me, follow me at Lisa LisaBillew. If this video did bring you value, please, please do share, subscribe, like and all of that good stuff. And Until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Peace out.